What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafal Matuszewski, and you know what? I'm a little late. A little late on this episode, so I apologize for my tardiness, because I usually have something brand new for you guys every Sunday, but, you know, I took some much-needed rest, because I have been going non-stop with projects, work, this podcast, and you know what? It kind of cut up to me, so I decided to take a little time, spend some time, quality time with the wife and dog, and here we are on a Tuesday giving you a new episode. Um, this episode in particular is another compilation one of the episodes. You can't uh, go that far back, so I brought in three episodes that I wanted to kind of start the week off right. Uh, these three focus uh, focuses on uh, cravings, uh, laziness, and motivation. And I find that these three things are usually some of the biggest barriers for people to um, be successful. And especially laziness and motivation, those two are very, very interesting to me because people just assume that you're supposed to be you know, killing it every single day, you're on top of your game every single day, and if you're not super motivated motivated every single day, you're apparently lazy. But people tend to forget that motivation, just like any other emotion or feeling, you, you can't be like that all the time. And if you try to be in that mindset of being motivated every single day, like you're not going to make it that far. And I think a lot of people just assume that because you go on Instagram and look at all these fitness people that want to motivate you, which is great, but they're also kind of living a lie because someone like The Rock, who if you go on his Instagram, it just looks like he's just killing the weights every single day, and he probably is, but guaranteed that there are some days that he wakes up and he's like, I do not want to fucking work out today. And I have that too. And that's where like mental toughness comes in where you just get in to the gym and you just move through the movements and you hope to God that you get a little bit of boost of energy to continue and then attack those weights, attack your workout. But sometimes we're just not that strong mentally and we just need a little time to unwind. And that's what I did this weekend. I had every single intention to work out every single day, but mentally I was just not there and took a break and you know what, I feel really good today and I'm going to end up doing two workouts, one kin stretch, one weight workout and I am so excited to do it. So sometimes you just need to take a little step back even though it might feel that you're not moving forward but sometimes just giving yourself a little grace and then you know recharging your batteries and going hard the next day is what you need so I thought these three episodes would be great to bring back, so hopefully you enjoy it. So without further ado, here are three episodes, I believe episode 71, 73, and 74. Here we go. And what I want to do in this episode is talk about cravings. Um, Recently, I was chatting with one of my online clients um, for the best approach to you know, getting over the feeling of 
man, I really want that chocolate bar, that bag of chips. How do I stop myself? So in this one particular example, um, my online client, she was dealing with work stress and the craving to eat a Twix chocolate bar. And um, when we were chatting about it, I asked, you know, like, what's what's happening in your environment that causes you to want that craving? Because a lot of times you have to kind of look on the outside. Um, I remember listening to another podcast and it was with a Navy SEAL. He was talking about the best approach to figure out a situation is sometimes looking at it from a different angle. Now, to put it in perspective and to understand this, he was talking about a story where one of his uh, teammates from his Navy SEAL team was injured and he couldn't participate in a simulated mission. So he stood on the sidelines and this Navy SEAL that was in the podcast, he was running the drill with his guys and he had to evaluate them to see if they were competent enough to finish the mission. And the injured SEAL, the one thing that he noticed was looking from the outside in, he saw all the mistakes that they did and he saw what he would have done differently if he was in that situation. But a lot of times when even the Navy SEALs, one of the top you know, military, most intelligent guys at war make mistakes in the moment. So it's you can almost put those two together with cravings, you know, while you're in the moment, your best attention is not to do it, but it happens anyway. So what if for a second you imagined that you took yourself out of your body and saw the situation from above or from the side and saw where it went wrong. So the step that I gave to my online client to think about is what happened in the environment first, right? Because there's triggers that show up and will make you want to grab that Twix bar. So in this example, I asked her, you know, what was going on at the moment? So she was at work and you know, it was really stressful and things weren't going her way. And you probably know, and I know really well that when things are not going your way, you don't really have the motivation to, you know, push yourself to do an amazing job. And you're kind of at that fuck it mentality. You don't really care anymore. And you're looking to take all that negative energy on something else. So in this case, it was that Twix bar. So let's figure out a way to limit the amount of stress and anxiety and anything else that might cause negative feelings while you're at work. Yes, there are some days and some times where that's not an option, but being self-aware enough that, you know, hey, this next month is gonna be super busy at work, what can I implement at work to make sure that I'm not gonna have cravings and then fall into it? So the one simple thing I asked her was like, well, where do you keep your Twix bars, right? And, you know, it's in her office and a lot of people will just put them in their front drawers. And 
you know, you get super stressed out and you're going to pull that drawer open and you're going to grab that bar. But then I asked her, like, what if you decided to put that bar across the room to the corner to a shelf? You know, nine out of ten times, you're sitting at your desk working, you're frustrated, and you're like, man, I am going to have that Twix bar. And you look over, and you're like, damn, it's eight feet away. I don't think I'm going to go do it. And in that case, it only makes you get up when you really, really need it. The next step is why not put your stash of Twix bars or whatever treat you want in the other room with another employee? And then it becomes really silly for you to stand up out of your desk, walk over to your coworker, and say, Yeah, I'm here for my bar. Like, it's, it sounds stupid, but believe me, if you try it, you're going to limit the amount of times you're going to crave that food. And I think another big thing is a lot of people will fall into the craving and they feel bad about it, right? There's nothing to feel bad about. And this is what I was telling my online client about is that she almost felt that she came across as like, she failed me. And I'm like, no, like you're being too hard on yourself because look at what else you've accomplished. So in this example, I told her like, you're training three times a week. You've never done that in your entire life this consistently and been excited about it. That's huge. And then the fact that she's eating a great breakfast with lots of protein, a great lunch with lots of protein and a handful of other things that I could list out that she's never done in her life and is crushing it right now and then i told her and the only issue you're having is when you're stressed out you want a twix bar that's not going to destroy all of your progress if you're eating you know three twix bars every single day because you're so-called stressed out yeah that's an issue but if you have one every two to three days that's not going to do the damage most people think so really think about this craving a lot smaller than you think it is. Because I guarantee any time that someone falls into a craving, eats a whole bag of chips, eats a chocolate bar, they feel really shitty after. But list out all the things that you're doing really well at for your health. And if, it's, and if you're doing nothing, then maybe, yeah, we should figure out a way to do other things that will improve your health so don't feel bad if you fall victim to like oh my god like i just want this i want to eat this i want to drink that and you do don't feel bad after it just know it's a something that you're gonna have to work on it's not gonna happen overnight and get it through your head that it's not that big of a deal now the other thing is you know learning how to get over the craving so when i was overweight my thing and i've said it a bunch of times on this podcast is i absolutely adore cheesecake to this day i have no issue eating a whole cheesecake to myself but i try not to do that too many times here so when i was overweight you know anytime there was a family dinner my mother would always make me a cheesecake you know so through the after the dinner 
Everyone stop eating. It's dessert time. Everyone gets their one slice. On average, I would have at least three slices before everybody finished their one. And if there was anything left over from the cheesecake, I would polish that off no problem. So, when I first got into weight loss, the one thing I tried to do... So, actually, this is another interesting thing. I lost 60 pounds in two months. And during that time, I was still dealing with, like cheesecake issues and I still lost a lot of weight so that just goes to show that you could still have your cravings of sweets or whatever and if you're doing everything else right it's not gonna make a difference to your success will your success go faster if you eliminate it completely yeah but it just goes to show you don't need to eliminate everything from your diet that you enjoy so going back to my whole cheesecake fiasco The first thing that I did was I told myself, all right, I will have my three to four slices, but I'm not gonna finish the cake. I will save it for later. That's all I did. And then eventually when I said, all right, instead of eating four slices, I'm gonna take it down to three. And then eventually it was two. And eventually it was just one slice and that's it, right? It took me years to get to that point, but it's doable. So in that example with my online client i told her like would it be such a bad idea to just because you know the twix bar it comes in two why not just eat one right like you're still getting your craving you have another one for some other time and you're cutting down the calories in half so why not right so the other thing to think about is cutting it back by small portions, right? And even thinking back to my blog post and my little infographic that I made about the sprinkle system or the sprinkle method is planning out those small little treats throughout the week so you don't feel like you need to have two Twix bars and just get it out of your system. Like why not have half of a Twix bar on a Monday and then the other half on the Wednesday or Thursday. And now it kind of solves that need to just like dive in and destroy a whole box of Twix bars. So cravings are really complicated, but the solution is usually like almost laughable silly where doing something like putting it in a different room, making you get up and walk over is such a like effort to get it it's almost like, oh, it's not worth it to get up and go grab it. Now, the other thing I've done before is, you know, during Christmas time, I get a lot of cookies, a lot of chocolates, a lot of treats and everything like that. So what I do, so I don't end up eating all of it, is I put them all in the freezer, right? And if I really want a batch of cookies, I will take them out of the freezer, wait until they thaw out and defrost. And if at that moment I still want to eat them, then yeah, I should eat them. But most of the time it's like, oh, it's gonna take at least like 30 minutes before I can actually take a bite out of it without breaking my teeth. So it's not even worth taking it out of the freezer. So small little things like that. And another one I've actually heard from another coach was, you know, any craving foods that you have in the house, put a sticky note on it and write something stupid, right? Something that will break through the like, 
the journey to your fridge, the journey to your pantry where when you grab that Twix bar or chocolate bar, it has a note on it and you take a second to read it and you're like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm falling into my craving. And there's other stuff that, you know, you could read online where it's like, oh, you have a craving, go brush your teeth first and then go eat it. It's not going to taste that great. So it's going to like trigger something in your brain where you're like, ah, I don't think I want that bar anymore because now you're associating that bar with that sour taste of like metallic crap it's in your mouth from all the fluoride from the toothpaste right so cravings are a bitch they take time but as long as you're self-aware that they're not going to destroy your progress if you have other stuff going on that's improving your health you're fine they're going to take time if you constantly work at them just like anything else and you don't need to feel bad about it. Now, I hope that kind of cleared up some things, kind of gave you some hope. And if you're a coach listening to this, hopefully this gave you some ideas when dealing with clients that are dealing with cravings. And I really hope that all of you listening are getting something from these solo episodes because these are almost like this random thoughts that, you know, during the week I dealt with a client and I was like, oh, like... And I, I literally talk to myself with like client issues. Like I'll go train on a Tuesday and chat with a client and they have something going on and it's such a big deal to me that I come home and thinking about it and thinking about ways to help them and then like getting angry if I can't figure out a way. <laughs> so sorry if I keep blabbing on about random stuff, but again, this is my podcast. I can say whatever I want. And, um, all right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafal Matuszewski, and today I am going once again solo on this episode. And I'm going to keep it nice and short, as always, you know. 10 to 20 minutes and recently I've been challenging myself to reach out to all my Instagram followers as I have my biggest reach on Instagram and I've been personally messaging or DMing them uh, asking what their biggest pain point is when it comes to fitness and nutrition and I'm I'm really happy to see so many people actually responding back to me and almost giving me their whole life story when they're trying to give me these answers. And the one thing that uh, surprises me is it's not just a blanket an- like answer of, I can't get enough vegetables in. They give me, like I said, a life story like... They'll explain that for years they've been doing this and this happened and their husband does this and they can't find time to do this. And it's like a short story of an answer. So one, that should already give you an insight to why weight loss and nutrition are so difficult to be successful at, right? There, It's not just a addition and subscri- a subtraction type of equation if you had to compare it to math. It's you know, it's calculus. Like I've I've said this analogy a bunch of times. It's not as simple as one plus one equals two. It's 
a bunch of different equations that I don't even understand. Like if you were watching Big Bang Theory when Sheldon is writing on his little whiteboard, it's really, really complicated. And I wanted to tackle on one thing that started popping up a lot when I've been messaging um, my followers is motivation. And it's kind of overlooked, I would say at least. Like, you know, you don't really see online articles and blogs being published about motivation. It's more about here's how many, like, grams of protein you need for optimal weight loss and here's why the ketogenic diet is the best thing in the world and it's going to cure cancer and all that kind of crap you don't see a lot of information when it comes down to motivation so one i think a lot of people need to understand that motivation is a feeling you know it's just like feeling happy or sad or angry like you can't force those feelings to happen they have to happen naturally yes there are some things that make it easier to be happy or sad or whatever like if you force yourself to watch those sad you know dog journey videos on facebook where they show that they found an abandoned dog and then the owner took him in and now you see this happy dog running around in an open field which i don't understand why it's always an open field it could be anywhere else but anyway um yeah, something like that will make you sad and then happy right away. And motivation, you can do that, but it's a little bit more difficult. So to feel motivated, you kind of have to have the environment that will support it. That would be kind of like step one. So look at your environment, right? Look, like audit it. Like what's going on around you on a daily basis that might not be... Um, helping you stay motivated when you're trying to make health a priority in your life. Like, start with your family. Are they supportive of what you're doing? Or do they think you're crazy and, you know, anytime you have dinner with them, they're just eating, like, complete garbage and they're making fun of you for eating salad or bringing something that's more health conscious, right? Like, that stuff matters, or what if your spouse, like your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is, um, doesn't understand why you want to be healthy. They think it's stupid. They don't show any kind of interest. They don't, you know, put the effort to think about you in social situations or anything like that. That's going to put a big downer on your success rate. Like, you're not going to feel motivated to keep going when everyone around you is not helping you to be successful. So that's one thing. The other thing that I keep bringing up is understanding your why, right? So you can be one of those people that have lost you know, 50 pounds or 100 pounds or, you know, you were successful with weight loss, but now the kind of the spark of it is kind of fading out and you just don't feel it anymore. You kind of want to just quit. Your passion has just faded away and you're like, there's no point to this. You need to sit down and really think about what made you start in the beginning. Was it 
you wanted to look better, you wanted to feel better, you wanted to change your life because you've been frustrated with X, Y, and Z, like really think back to why you started. And I've been thinking about this ever since my weight loss journey. So for any listeners who don't know my story, I used to weigh over 200 pounds and in two months I lost 60 pounds, which was huge. Like I was a different person. And I always went back to thinking why why did I do it in the beginning? So one, it was because in high school, that's when I'd lost all my weight, was girls never noticed me. And that was important to me, so that's one of the reasons why. But a lot of times when you think what your why is, it's not actually it. So an example of this is like, I'll get a brand new client, comes in for a consultation. By the way, I don't like the word consultation, but you'll know what I'm talking about. But I call it the first date, right? I tell clients that, you know, first date, we're going to talk about your goals, what do you want to achieve, what your like worries are, and if we mesh together, then we'll continue this relationship for date number two. Um, but during this first date, I always ask, like, you know, what your goal is, and they're like, I want to lose 10 pounds. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? And they'll usually give me some sort of like surface level answer of, oh, I just want to be able to fit into my jeans or something like that. And it's like, okay, well, why do you want to fit into your jeans? And if you keep peeling those layers off, you'll figure out what the real reason is. And for me personally, when I lost all that weight, one of the things that I noticed that I really enjoyed was that I always felt better. And it could have been I felt better about myself. I felt better the next day because I knew that I accomplished a workout the day before. I felt just generally better, like I had more energy. I felt healthy, like that feeling of feeling healthy feels good. And then I got addicted to that feeling and I kept wanting that feeling, so that kept me going, right? So you have to find the reason why you started in the very first place and keep that in your back pocket for any time you feel just not into it anymore. Take that feeling out and let it just consume you. And sometimes you can lose motivation because you've been so busy with the bullshit of every day that you just you just don't even know what's going on anymore. Like, when was the last time you actually sat down and took one minute, I'm saying one minute, 60 seconds to just be in the moment. You probably haven't done that in a very long time. Like, even for me, I, I'm, I struggle with that all the time. Like, yesterday, I worked from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. straight. The only time I had a break was when I worked out for 45 minutes that day. And I had to cut it short because I had another another appointment I had to get to. I did not once have a moment where I sat down and just went, all right, all right, this is, uh, this is good. I didn't have that. Think about taking a second to actually reflect on what happened that day, what you're feeling, what you're doing, and why does it all matter? With our day and age where we're so connected to our phones, like 
Remember back in the day when you were bored, you didn't have the option to go into your pocket and look at Facebook to to like break down the time? What did you do? You thought to yourself, you like talked to yourself even to have time to reflect on whatever was going on in your life. So we need to take moments like that more often because it directly affects your motivation. So it takes practice and time. And my few things that I always tell clients is if you feel unmotivated, don't force yourself. That's the worst thing you could do. Right. And then sometimes taking a break is say um, you're so gung ho on this weight loss thing and you've been training six months nonstop with a like a really rigid diet plan and you've been working out every single day and you just burnt out. That can happen. You need to audit what's going on in your life because a lot of people want to make health a priority so bad that they have to go to the extreme for it. And then they're like, oh, shit, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And it's like, well, fuck, like, it's equivalent to you going to work when you're supposed to work only 40 hours a week, but for a month straight, you're putting in 70, 80 hours a week, and you wonder why you're so depressed and grumpy and taking it out on everyone around you. It's the same thing with health and fitness. If you go to the extreme, it's not going to be fun anymore. It's not going to be an enjoyable experience. So... Take time even to take a break, right? Like I got off a podcast interview with Lyle McDonald and he brought this up is that this whole idea of taking a break from your diet and taking a break from training actually does help you to succeed. But the idea of taking a break is like, oh my God, no, I can't do it. And you start stressing about it. And the more stress you put in your body, the harder it is to lose fat. So it's a skill to learn, right? Like if you told someone that was depressed and sad to be like, oh, it's all in your head, just be happy. Like, no, fuck you, dude. Like you don't know who I am. It it really takes time to learn ways to stay motivated. And, you know, you're going to go through ruts. You're going to go through tough times. But think back to why you started and just acknowledge that this is going to happen no big deal it will pass and find a support network right like i'm part of so many different facebook groups with like fitness pros and people who just like working out that i guarantee if you went into that facebook group and typed in hey guys i'm just not feeling it lately i need some help with motivation boom i guarantee you will have 20 people or 10 people, or who knows how many people that are just going to be like, hey, don't worry about it. I went through the same thing with this time and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, worst case scenario, you can email me. You can Facebook message me. I don't care. This is why I do this podcast. This is why I got into the industry because I want to help as many people as possible. And the fact that you have someone who actually cares will make a huge difference in your life. Because with the example I had before that maybe your whole inner circle of friends and family don't give a shit that you're trying to make health a priority is really going to bum you out. So if you surround yourself with people that are like-minded like you that want to make health and fitness a priority, I guarantee you're going to be successful. So I'm going to end it right here. 
reach out to people when you're feeling down because they will lift you up no matter how bad it is. I'm here. People on Facebook who are like you are here. So go check out some Facebook groups. You know, message me, email me. Remember that if you don't feel motivated, it's not a bad thing. It happens. And always think back to why you started in the first place. It will bring back some nostalgia. It's going to get you out of that rut. Or it's just going to give you peace of mind. And you'll know everything will be okay. Alright boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host Rafael Majuszewski and today I am going to go solo once again and go on a little rant because I was just in the shower thinking about this and I want to bring up the topic of laziness. Now we've all experienced both coaches and fitness enthusiasts as I call them uh, times in clients' lives and in your life where you just don't feel it anymore. You don't feel excited to go to the gym. You don't feel that passion that you had when you first started and you were all kind of like riled up to go and make health a priority. Now, I personally don't believe that everyone is lazy, but there are some people where you know, you try and try and try and give and give and give and try to guide them in the right direction, but they won't budge. And I just have this theory that there are some people in this world where they just they won't they they won't see any kind of success. They'll kind of just float along in life. And this doesn't mean just in health, but every other aspect in life, in relationships, in their career. And anything where, you know, another person would pick something up and excel at it. So when it comes to clients being lazy, I don't really like using that word. I just think they're, you know, uninspired or they just have so much going on that they just can't do it. Now, one example I'm thinking of is I have a client that's been kind of off and on for the last probably three or four years. And luckily I've had the insight of the rest of his family that I train um, that's giving me all the kind of the puzzle pieces in the background and he's going through a lot. And I think as coaches, we tend to forget that we love training. Like we will wake up in the morning and the first thing in our mind that comes through other than getting coffee is I can't wait to load up the bar to deadlift something along those lines. Whereas a regular person, they have like 30 different things going on in their head. What the day, you know, will come and what the day will bring. And they're just not thinking about exercise. So for us coaches, when, you know, a client texts us or emails us saying, Hey, I'm not going to make it because X, Y, and Z. I think a lot is, I think for a lot of coaches, their first initial reaction is like, oh, fuck, that person's so lazy. They always do this. 
which is fine. Like we're all human beings, things like this will happen, but we need to meet clients halfway. And I think I've said this at least 10 times on the show where again, trainers are a different breed of individuals compared to a regular person trying to exercise. So our initial thoughts are this person's lazy and not even taking the time to kind of investigate and ask the right questions. You know, I've had clients where here's actually another example. I had a client for four years, maybe even five where, you know, he'd show up one month, the next month he was gone. He would show up the next two months and then he would be gone for three months. Like this vicious cycle of off and on, off and on, off and on, off and on. And, you know, he'll see a lot of results and then they kind of wither away and he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I let this happen to me. And then he gets consistent and then drops off and, you know, we're back to square one. And then out of nowhere, he was really, really consistent for a year and shown some great results. And he was really happy. And he was like, oh, this is just going to get better from here. And after a full year, you know, the summer came around and he had to sell his house and move into a new one that they were building from scratch. And at the same time, I think someone was fired from his work. And to get some background, he owns this company, so he had to fire this person. And he actually had to take over this person's responsibilities. So then now work got into the way, and he was you know, ending his day at 8 p.m., starting from 6 a.m., or even ending at 10 p.m., not seeing his kids. And then when he had time to show up to the gym, he would text me like, hey, I was on my way, but both of my kids want to see me and I can't say no. And I totally get that. Like, it's really tough that, you know, you get time finally and your family knows it and they haven't seen you forever and you're trying to make the effort to exercise. But what are you going to choose? You're going to choose your family and your kids, obviously. So I think as coaches and just people in general that are trying to, you know, get out of a rut or get out of that vicious cycle of being consistent and non-consistent, you got to be a little, a little less hard on yourself. Like just own up to it. Like, yeah, I haven't been to the gym in a month, whatever. Fuck it. Like at least you know that and not hiding behind other excuses. Cause that's another key element to this whole like rant is, you know, legitimately you have, say, use my example of my client, you've, you own your own business, you had to fire somebody, now you have to take over their responsibilities. And that's the key reason why you can't make time for the gym and you don't even have time for yourself and you don't even have time for your children. A month goes by, you hire somebody else. All those responsibilities you used to have are are gone now. So you should be able to go back to the gym and be regular again. But now because you've fallen out of habit, most people, and I see this nine out of 10 times, they will find another excuse not to go. And this is where the laziness kind of kicks in is that you're now actively trying to find other excuses. And with my first example with my other client that I got to I still train his family members, that's what they've been telling me is that, you know, one thing pops up, he has to take care of it. 
that thing goes away and now he has to find other things to fill that void and i'm really interested to why people want to do that what goes through someone's mind where you know they're super super busy finally it's over and now that they have that free time rather than going back to something that's going to improve their health they're going to find something else to tack on top of what they're doing already because they don't want to go to the gym and i want to know why like what's going on inside that's like you might not even know that you're doing it is just something that happens in your brain and this whole idea of laziness um I remember hearing uh, Dr. John Berardi speak on this, and he gave this example of a study done where they had um, two mice. One mouse was active, the other one was overweight, and they wanted to see if this whole idea of laziness um, had a higher effect on people that were overweight. Like, maybe there's something to it that if you are overweight, you automatically have this thing over you that when you you were given the choice to be active you would choose something else that was easier so what they did was they set up this little treadmill for these mice and i might have said this story before but i'm going to say it again anyway um they put the fit mouse on this little treadmill at the back of the treadmill they had a little um electricity that would kind of turn on to kind of shock the mouse to keep running And at the front of the treadmill, there is a piece of food. So they would just keep running until, you know, the treadmill would stop and they would um, eat it. And it was something like, you know, for the fit mouse, it was like sprinting as fast as possible for 40 minutes before it would start getting it shocked. So it was just tired. And at that point, that's where they gave the mouse cheese. And then for the overweight one, They put the mouse on the treadmill, the treadmill started going, it would run for a little bit, and then it just completely stopped, and it would be constantly electrocuted, and it just did not care. So this mouse that was overweight, it would rather be shocked and hurt than run and do exercise to grab a treat. Now, thinking of that example, I'm not saying that, you know, mice are as close as human beings, but this study does show some kind of clue to behavior of how human beings that might have, you know, 40 pounds on them that they're trying to lose and they rather put themselves into more suffering than actually exercise. So maybe at a subconscious level, when an opportunity arises that someone wants to, um, has the opportunity to go exercise because they have free time, they will find something else that's more miserable, like, I don't know, let's go do more work or take more, you know, tasks that take longer at work and skip the gym entirely. So knowing this study done on these mice and some other psychological factors that clients go through all the time, coaches, in my opinion, need to really be open and not think not judge like to stop judging clients that they're oh fuck they're just lazy they don't want it hard enough and you know sometimes that's the issue maybe you know you have a client that's working their butt off and they signed up for some sort of event say a cycling event that's 100 kilometers and you know they can they already fit to ride 
you know, say 50K, but getting an extra ride in per week, they just don't feel like it. And you can just go flat out and say you're just being lazy and maybe that will actually make them want it more. But for the most part, clients and people just trying to make health a priority, they have everything against them. You know, they, they're just not set up for success. And us coaches falling into the idea of that this person's just lazy and now you're unmotivated to help them, what kind of success are, gonna, are they going to have, right? So we really need to meet and understand our clients a little bit more. And for anyone listening that might not feel motivated or they've fallen off the wagon, like, that's okay. Like, that's part of this whole journey. Like, you're not going to get it right off the bat. It's going to take some time. And to put in things perspective, like, I can't remember who said this on my show, but he said that you have a higher chance of success quitting smoking than losing weight. Just just think about that for a second. Like, imagine if you were smoking for like 20 years straight and then you finally said, hey, I got to stop this. You actually have a higher chance of changing that habit than making fitness a, a fitness a priority. Like, that's that's huge. That's daunting. Like, holy fuck, right? Like, so... For the coaches listening, maybe don't be so hard on your clients when you're thinking about them that, oh, this person just doesn't want it bad enough. Maybe there's actually other things going on in their life. So ask the right questions to understand them better. And for those people listening that are just fitness enthusiasts or trying to get healthy, like like I said before, if you're having a rough time right now, that's okay. That's right now because maybe two months from now, you're going to be at the gym five days a week, who knows? Something's gonna click, something's gonna motivate you, something's gonna spark something in you that you're gonna be like, screw everything else that's happening in my life, I'm gonna make this a priority, and you're gonna do amazing.